Hi, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Switchboard. I'm your host, Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, and you are listening to us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, I'm really excited about today's guest because she has been a, a friend and inspiration for, for quite a while. And um, I was looking forward to having this conversation. And I, I was thinking about how conversations don't happen and um, situations as I've gotten older where you know, I wanted to have conversations, but wasn't sure who to have. And then grateful to have uh, uh, friends that I could turn to. And uh, definitely my guest today was one of those friends in, in reinsuring. And, and, you know, just through conversation felt that maybe we could have this as a show and, and inspire other people to have conversations, right. As we're, we're navigating different stages in, in our life. So, um, without further ado, I'm just going to read her bio for you guys. So we are welcoming my guest, Lind Linda Earl, to the show. And in Linda's words, I am a student, a teacher, a seeker, a healer, a creative. I am fire, courage, strength, compassion, and love. I am everything and nothing at all, a divine work in progress. I live my life unapologetically authentic. My purpose is to show people that they can too. We are magnificent beings with unlimited potential. We can all heal from anything. I know because I've done it and you can too. Um, well, Naughty Kamea, which is I see you. And we're going to see you in a second. Well, let's bring you up onto the stage. Hi, Linda. Hello, honey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. And you pronounced it right. You were worried that you wouldn't be able oh. to say that saying. Uh, yeah. Look at that. You did it. Uh, well, there's some hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Naughty. Well, Naughty Kamea. I see you. It's from the movie Avatar. Uh, yeah. Hi. Hi, Julie. Hi, Deborah. Thank you for being here. Um. I, and I've watched it and I saw that and right. I know that, you know, I've, I, you get goosebumps when you see that part, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Hi, Heather. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Deborah, for the compliment. It's honestly, uh, probably the first day where I have felt, um, back to normal since Christmas. I was so sick over the holidays. Yeah. That, yeah. You were, you were for almost a month. Yep. Almost yeah. a month. And I know my granddaughter was uh, sick again today. So her and I were both sort of down and out through the holidays. It was, yeah. it was not good. Yeah. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. See, I don't see what's coming up for who's. Oh, here, let's, I don't see here we're going to, we're just going to do so that you can see people. Oh, there we go. In. That's cool. And Deborah was on last week as well, too. Heather Frost is just oh, saying so, Okay, so Heather's, we have to give Heather a shout out because she's my work buddy. And she's the one that's been helping me all week saying, oh my gosh, <laughs> Linda, you got to put something behind you. You got to do this. You got to do that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, super supportive. So good shout out to her. She's been awesome. And she's a good friend. Same with Michelle. She's a work friend as well. All and, excited. 
Thanks for joining us, Joanna. Hi, thank you very much uh, for the compliment, Joanna. Ah, right back at you, Michelle. We love you too. Michelle, we love you too. Hi, Jackie. So Jackie White is just saying hi. They're excited to join in this. I see it. Yeah, I can see it now. It's coming up on my screen. Oh, she has three kitties, just like I do. I love other cat lovers. Hi, Paul. Paul is joining us from the Napanee, Ontario. Very cool. Area. Yeah, I and you know, I was thinking about I I titled this show um Maiden Mother Crone. Right. And um I wanted to, and it's just about stages of life, right? So just get in here. Heather's saying haha ha, well you're the best and payback for being an amazing patient teacher uh, i taught her how to make soap recently oh you also taught me how to make soap i did gosh yeah i forgot we did that yes we did and actually i think it's just um i was thinking i would want to do it again actually and have it turn out right this time yeah because <laughs> you were the only student I ever had in all the times I've taught that workshop where the soap went south just all of a sudden. And, and I still remember you saying to me, is it is it supposed to look like this, Linda? And I was like, no, no, something's gone horribly wrong here. And, <laughs> but I also knew you didn't care, right? I, I knew no. you were like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all good. It was because I had such a fun time in the soap making workshop that you, and you're such a great teacher, teacher, and you are super patient. So, I mean, I would love to do it again. And and it was more just about hanging out and really learning about it. But it's, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to go go back to doing. Yeah, and And it has to be fun, right? If it's not fun, it's not worth it's not worth doing it. If that's right, and you know my mom's pain now a little bit as well too because my mom. Oh, my mom. Because your mom's a beautiful quilter. She's very creative. She's yeah. definitely very creative yeah. and, and talented. I think that she struggles uh, taking ownership of that and really claiming it and it's stepping hard. into her power. Yeah. But my mom tried to teach me how to sew. And I, I, I actually, it was a memory that came up on Facebook today of a pair, like curtain things that I had made. Yeah. And I had measured them, sewed them. I was just so proud of these things. I couldn't wait. And I hung them up and they were still freaking crooked. I can't cut yeah. a straight line. No, me if, either. If I draw like it's just everything goes sideways. It doesn't matter yeah. what I do. Yeah. Goes I'm the sideways. same. I'm the same. <laughs> I can't I can't do any of that stuff either. It's knowing what you can do, right? And accepting that there's some stuff you just can't. It's not your jam. Uh, no. Right? And that's why we're all different and everybody's got their own that's right. Everybody has their niche, right? That's yeah, right. For sure. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my Dana. I love Dana. Hi, Dana. Oh. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I can, it's from my... Uh, no, I'm not going to read it because it'll make me cry. So nope. don't. <laughs> I'm going to read it then. Lori Boga okay. saying, I'm here and I love you, Linda. These are all my friends that are chiming in, right? So God bless them. Yep. Yeah. And this is what it's about. It's about community. And we were talking yeah. about that. women supporting women. Uh, women. Yes. And I mean, we definitely, I mean, I know that I, I titled this segment, you know, Made in Mother Crona Navigating Life Systems. But I think uh, if we looked at the male versions again, too, uh, if we needed to, then uh, to include that in the in the conversations, yeah. it's the hooded one, the horned one, and, you know, the elder or the sage. Um, yeah, the old one, if we looked at it that way as well, too. Um, 
you know, it's not just about women. It's yeah, men it includes as well men too. as well. Men, women have lost that sense of community in some ways, though, that men no. never have. Right. No. Guys still hang out in their garages and do guy stuff. But women kind of stopped doing that and they need to go back to creating that community. You know, uh, yeah, women used I to agree. always do food preserving together. They would quilt together. Quilts. Right. That was a big Coming thing together. that you sat and helped do a quilt. And it was about spending time in community. It wasn't about sitting around and gossiping. It was just about sharing space together and doing, uh, you know, a craft or helping each other put food away for the winter. We've stopped doing that. Yeah. Right. And then we wonder why when we hit 50, <laughs> right, that uh, we don't have like minded people in our lives at that point. So exactly. we have to go search for them. Jennifer, hi, Jennifer. Um, I am doing uh, well in your bi-yearly reading. Well, I, okay. So you're gonna, um, that's great that you wanna do your bi-yearly reading and we can certainly book that in. I'm just letting you know though, I'm like currently booking in November of 2024 right now. Oh my gosh. I know it's kinda, I'm super humbled by that. It's really crazy in such a, a beautiful humbling way for sure yeah it's that is amazing that is wonderful oh dana i just love you um thank you thank you for being here um and that i you know and i wanted to include um like in intuition and fostering intuition yes. into, the conver into the conversation as well too. And, you know, um, trusting our intuitive selves and moving through those life stages. And, and it, it really does when you hit, you know, you're moving out of that um, mothering, you know, that nurturing yep. stage and, and moving into crone, you yep. really do it's, huge changes. He, and those it's questions, those yeah. questions come up. Who yep. am I? What do I need? Uh, well, and who am I now? Yeah. Right. If you, when you become an empty nester and your kids grow up and leave home, it's who am I now? Because that phase of my life and mothering children, they're they've flown the coop, right? Yeah. You have to reevaluate who you are and things that you've probably, you know, swallowed down not being a hundred percent who you really are. Yeah. Right. So when you hit the crone phase, you're, uh, you become very aware that you don't want to do that anymore. You know, you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not, you don't have to be loved and liked you, by everybody. Do you think that's the crone stage or do you think that's the end of the mother stage? I, cause I, I it's kind hard, of feel it's it like depends. the end of the mother stage and moving it's, in. It's pretty right? much the end of mother stage. So sort of the end of the mother stage heading into crone. Yeah. Like I would say 40 from about 40, 45 and up, because at that point for most women, their children are older, maybe not fully out of the house yet, depending on when you had your kids, but they're older, they're more independent. And then you have, you know, and you may not be running to hockey games and stuff as much anymore because they're able to do that on their own. So then you're reevaluating again, who am I? Yeah. They don't need me the same way that they did before. So you have to start to really figure out who you are, how you want to be and who you want to hang out with. I was one of those moms though with my kids because I, I have four kids four kids yeah, now. Like my, my oldest yes. We, just, we have so much to comment. We do. Why we're so family, right? We're so yeah. family. So we're, like, we're kindred spirits. Absolutely. Soul family. And we find yeah. each other. Um hi Howie. Thank you for joining in. 
Thank you for sharing. Um, we've, had, we've had very similar life experiences. Like we've had a lot of very similar life experiences, which is how I think you end up finding your tribe, right? Yeah. Hi, Sue. Thank you for being here. And yes, you are you are right. Lori Linda is also a great reader. <laughs> Who does not do it anymore. <laughs> Who's not wanting to. Yeah. Who's not wanting to. Yeah. That's right. Moving on to different things. Hi, Tracy. Tracy. Thank you for joining us. Hi, my Tracy. Soul Tracy family. with my glam squad today. And I, I do feel, you know, Howie and I have had these conversations as well, too, that um, Howie is part of the Rift uh, Nation. Uh, so if you want to check out his network and all the great shows that he has on over yes. there. And, and we were talking about this, that you hit this, you hit this stage and you just, your tribe seems to... You go looking Not, for your tribe. Yeah. Well, and I think that if you are open and you are uh, taking accountability and integrity and working in your lane, yeah, um, they show up. It shows up naturally. They just show up. Yeah, there's, right? there's no coincidences. I don't believe in coincidences. It's divine synchronicity. So when, again, when you hit that phase of not being so concerned with what everyone else thinks and being more authentically yourself, your tribe finds you. I have a, I actually have a coffee mug that says stay weird. So your tribe can find you because your tribe can't find you. Your soul family can't find you. If you're not being yourself, you know, if you're not being fully authentic, then you're not attracting the people to you that are meant for you. You're continuing to attract the wrong ones. Right. All right. So let's, I, I, I just, I always do this though. Let's come back yeah. around to, if you're not being sure. authentic, then what does authentic mean? And you're right, Howie, you know, yes, they, they do come together. We'll just do a quick shout out to Phil. Thank you, Phil, for joining us today. And Loretta is here too. Hi, Loretta. That's fabulous. Jackie's here too. Um, Right. I I agree with you, Lori, that Linda is one of the most beautiful, authentic people. Took a long time. And I'd like to say, too, it took a long time to get there. That didn't happen overnight. It happened. It's like peeling an onion, right? You peel back a layer at a time. But the older I got and the more life experience I gained, the easier, I guess it was, to just be fully authentic, right? Because I didn't need to have 50 friends, I didn't need to have a great big circle of acquaintances. It was, uh, it was just kind of a flow where I could just be who I was. Because if, if you weren't my people, I didn't want to hang out with you anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you kind of let go of that expectation of having, um, you know, a, a whole bunch of friends. It's, it's not about that at that point anymore. Because I don't want to spend my time being someone I'm not. It's exhausting. Yeah. Right. We do it when we're young. Like we do it all. No. I mean, look at, look at, when we, <laughs> look at when we're teenagers, right? Everybody's yeah. trying to fit in. Everybody's trying to be something. We yeah. do it a fair amount in the mother phase too, where, you know, yeah. where our, our goal is our children. So we can yeah. often lose ourselves and pretend to be something we're not. By the time you hit the crone phase, you just, it's too exhausting to try to be somebody you're not takes so much energy instead of just being yourself. Well, and we move from being selfless to selfish and selfish yeah. in a positive way with having those healthy boundaries and, yeah. and where we're willing or really not isn't. willing to give our energy away. That's right. And it's and for me, that's not being selfish. That's looking after me first. In order for me to be of service, mm 
Yeah. Right. Which is truly what most of us are on a path to. Yeah. Um, if we do this type of work, that's our purpose is to be of service to others. So I have to be of service to myself first. I have nothing to give anyone if I'm empty. Yeah. So and it's not just about, you know, fill your bucket, fill your cup. It needs to be overflowing in order for you to have enough to give to other people. Yeah. So you have you have to look after you first. And when you can do that, then you can share it, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going uh, Aaliyah, if if it's Aaliyah. Is it Leah? Aaliyah? My sister's yeah. middle name is, is She's from Alaska. From Alaska. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm uh, glad that you found us as well too. So thank you for being a part of the conversation. Um we'll just catch up a little bit. Oh my oh. buddy Lori. She is my soul sister, I'll tell you. You know, Lori is just sharing that she's taught me to love myself so I could be authentic. How is just chiming in? True, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Danielle's saying hello. Hello, Danielle. Tracy. Not quantity, but quality of friends. Isn't that the truth? It really is about uh, quality, not quantity. Do you want to read? Mary Jo, thank you for joining us. It's the sisters night tonight. Jackie and Loretta are joining (laughs) us in as well, too. So she's saying, hi, guys. Absolutely. Your tribe finds you. I have an incredible tribe that keeps me expanding and accept me just for me and me for them. And and it's also about holding each other accountable in a loving way. Yeah, in a very loving way. And the person being able to receive that without it coming, you know, without them feeling it's uh, criticism, because it's not, it's everybody has their own path. I'm always very honest with my friends. Uh, But again, in a very loving way, and I'm always the first one to say, it's not my path to walk, it's yours. I'm just showing, I'm just telling you sort of what I'm seeing, what I see in in this scenario, what you do with it, that's up to you. And it's It's coming from like, um, high intention, low attachment. That's right. The intention's always coming from the highest uh, source yep. of love and, and good intention right. and gratitude, but yep. you know, yeah. no expectation and no attached um, and they'll come to it. Heather That's is just right. asking, do you find at this stage you are more picky? Oh, you bet. I am so yeah. picky, very picky. Cause again, and I'm not uh, being mean when I say it, I don't want to waste my time in the crone phase. You know, you're in the third act. So you know that you have, limited number of years till the end of your life you don't want to spend it doing things you don't want to do like I know a lot of people will say um oh you know say yes to everything say yes to everything I say no to everything (laughs) right because unless it's something I want to do right Mm -hmm. unless it's something I want to do but if someone says to me oh you know a whole bunch of us are going shopping do you want to come it's a hard no no, don't want so to. I, have, I still struggle with with no's. Yeah. What I have gotten better at is uh so I need to say I'm in the process of being of becoming better at saying no. I'm yeah. in the process of it. It's hard. But it's really hard to it do. is. But yeah. what I have gotten better at is saying, um, you know, I need to sit with this. I need to sit with it and I will get, and yeah. I can get back to you. And yeah. then what I learned you. to do, what I learned to do, because I used to say, I used to be the, the person that would say, oh, yes, yes, I'd love to go. <laughs> and because I'm an introverted extrovert, if yeah. somebody asked me three weeks in advance, do you want to go do this? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm in. And then the day before, I'd be like, oh, God, I don't want to go. 
Um, so I would always struggle with being caught between the two. So now I've learned if it's something I might be on the fence about, I'll say, leave it with me for 24 hours and I'll get back to you with an answer. Yeah. And I'm also very kind. If someone says to me, do you want to go do this? It's not just, no, it's just like, it's really not something I'm interested in doing, but you know, if you do something different another time, I might be interested, like don't wipe me off your plate, but, um, I'm not interested in doing this. And as we move into those, you know, this, this stage of the game, if we're moving out of mother into crone um, or out of you know horned into elder that we learn to not take those statements uh personally because it's not it's not not personal never it's never personal um and it's also important to relay it in a loving way so that the other person doesn't feel that you're just constantly ditching them right um and most people that know me well enough to be considered sort of in my friend circle they don't take offense to that because they know me well enough to know that it's not personal and it's you know i don't do big crowds so i don't like going and doing you know uh something with and and people saying to me oh well there's 30 of us going all together right away no don't want to do that right because i'm also very protective of my energy and when you're mm-hmm. out doing a lot of that stuff it's very it's very hard on your energy so and i use shopping as the example because it's the best one for me because i can't do malls right if i'm in a mall i can last maybe an hour and the energy is so intense i have to leave um so i now automatically will just say yeah that's really not what i'm interested in doing today so it's thank you aaron um thanks for following me on this journey and and making me a part of yours. Kathy is just saying hello. Nice. Bless you. Oh, bless you too. Oh, that's my mama. That's my daughter, my oldest daughter. So let's read it out, Melissa McIntyre. She's being funny because she says, I chose you. My daughter and I. uh, No, it's true though. Yes, it is true. And because so she's poking fun at me because for um, years, we would go back and forth. I love you. I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. So I said to her one day, um, uh, I can't I explained to her that basically you picked me. Right. Uh, So now so now when I say to her, I love you more, she'll go, oh, remember I picked you oh, yeah, and then she wins right yeah, <laughs> she yeah. wins the debate over who loves you more when my kids were teenagers and I would say just remember you chose me and how are you liking that yeah. choice now yeah, how are you loving it <laughs> yeah how's that feeling tell, especially in the teens I used to say to them you might want to start journaling some of this stuff that happens between us because parenting is just you know it's such uh, you're flying blind and especially with teenagers. So I would tell my kids, just write it down because then when you go to therapy in your twenties and thirties, you can skip that first initial consult with your therapist. You can just hand them the book and go, here it is. This is everything that my mother damaged me with. Right. Cause it is what it is. Oh, and we're learning, we're learning and we're unlearning oh. and there's just so much, yeah. you know, I was, it. And I, depending on where you are at, like if yeah. you have a spiritual path, if you're consciously aware, if you're not like, there's just so many things. There's so many factors involved. And, and there's I no, you know, for all the, for all we say that there's a million books written on how to raise children, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. You're still, you're still flying blind half the time. I actually just listened to um, a woman who wrote a book on conscious parenting and I, her name escapes me now, but she made a very good point that 
when you're parenting your children, parent yourself first. Well, you know, when you're dealing with a situation with your kids, parent yourself first. Yeah. And you'll be better able to guide them, right? And that's when I, because that, that was where it all started for me, right? Yeah. Was, um, yeah, uh, with your kids. Yeah, yeah, a parenting. I had a parenting yeah. radio show, a spiritual parenting radio show for parenting kids that were intuitive, and the the parenting uh, workshop. And it, it you know, it, for the longest time, it was the most requested um, one. And my kids yeah. used to say, like, I can't believe that you get to teach somebody how to parent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But it was accountability, <laughs> and it was yeah. trusting your intuition. Is this my That's stuff right. that you're upset? Are you projecting that on me? Is this my stuff That's or right. your stuff? And 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 I would tell them, like, my job is to facilitate independence, you know, so that yeah, you... to help you learn to fly. That's yes. my job is to teach you yeah. to fly and um, then let you go do it. And understanding. And it took me a long time. Yeah. I, well, I shouldn't say that it took me a long time. I mean, my oldest was probably eight at the time that I was figuring it out. And he's 30 now. So it was understanding that things that were happening, the experiences that were happening with them when I felt triggered were hitting old wounds and yes. places that I need to look at why I was feeling this yeah. way. Why wasn't I feeling like a good mom or why was I feeling defensive? Yeah. Why that, did I respond to this way? From? Yeah. Yeah. And well, like feeling that, okay it, triggers, that. it can trigger your own childhood damage and, and generational damage as well, because we also carry the damage of our parents. Right. So in the therapist, the notes, for the teen years. <laughs> well, my kids didn't laugh, Jackie. They didn't think I was very funny no. back then. Yeah. How is just how is sharing shadow yeah. work? Yeah. Well, that's some of that when you're parenting is doing your own shadow work, right? But uh, I wouldn't have recognized it as shadow work until a little bit older. I yeah. would say like my son, uh, when I started my oldest son, so I would say eight when I was like you know, kind of, he would, would have been about eight. And then when he was in his teen years, uh, 15 is when I really stepped into taking ownership right. of um, my intuition and taking ownership of who I was unlearning a lot of things. That's yeah. when I started to dig deep. And that was like, you know, 37. I was about 37. I was just leading up to those that year 40. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's the truth too. Like when I look back to my, ch I had my children very young. So I mean, I was a grandmother at 42. Um, I was in survival mode all the time that I was parenting. Um, oh, was, so I, yeah. Like constant survival mode. So the mis that's why I used to say to them, write it down, just add it to the list of things that I didn't do well, because you are, you're, you're trying to deal with your own damage and do your own healing work that maybe hasn't even started yet. You know, yeah. my true healing work didn't start till after that. Like mm. the biggest, the biggest chunk of it came later, right? Yeah, so. I, I, the same for me. I would, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'll be fifty-three this summer, so I would say forty-three is around when things really, yeah, kind of started getting there too. Yeah. See, my whole life, my entire life changed at forty-three. So funny, funny that that's the same as it was for you. Different things, maybe, mm -hmm. but yeah, my whole. So when I had thing. when I had Taylor, I was twenty one. Yeah. So I mean, I'm saying like he was in his teen years when I was really starting to. Yeah.
And it also depends on the age. Your children are all very different. Well, and if there's age gaps between them, that makes it more challenging. And you, you can't always parent each child exactly the same way because what works with one might not work with another. Um, it's not an easy road to navigate. I have great empathy for young parents right now because I think it's even harder now than it was when I raised my kids. You know, there's so many more challenges that they have to meet because of what's going on in the in the world, right? Did your kids um, have intuitive experiences that they would talk about as no. small children? So no. mine all mine had huge. See, and uh, when I was at that at that stage of really my life, I was com I was completely blocked. I had shut it down. I had had experiences when I was a child and up into my teen years, and then I completely locked it down. Um, and it didn't resurface until I was close to 40. So probably wow. like my mid thirties, I started having things happen that made me question, um, and made me start to want to learn and open that up. But by then my kids, you know, some of my children were fully grown and out the door. Only my youngest son was still home. Right. So, and he, he just would say, yeah, you're kind of weird, mom. You're just, you know, whatever blows your hair back. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was a lot later for me that I let that open back up and started to trust it. Yeah. My, my kids were so aware when they were young and yeah. saying things that really had to push me. Um, yeah. Just my kids tell me, who I was. My kids tell me now things that they've experienced. Like my oldest daughter, uh, Melissa, she sees, she sees stuff but it terrifies her, right? So there's lots of times we'll talk, I, we've actually taught her between me and you that because spirit, her, you know, her grandmother and stuff comes to her all the time. So I've taught her how to create boundaries with spirit, you know, that you can say, I'd love you to come and visit, but you can't come in my bedroom. I need to sleep at night. I'm tired. So she's very, very open to that. And she's had lots of experiences. So is my oldest son. My oldest son is incredibly intuitive. Yeah. Now, whether or not he'll ever do anything with that is always dependent on our level of fear. Right. If, if fear gets in our way, then we block all that stuff out. Yeah, we totally do. Um, yeah. Mary Jo is just sharing it. Uh, it is harder. I have so much empathy. It's harder having children. Oh, I now. do too. I've, I have so much empathy for my kids raising their kids, kids. now and their teens. Yeah. Because again, they face so much stuff that you know, we didn't face as parents and our parents didn't either. The world is a much different place and there's so much they have to uh, do and dealing with their kids and a lot of challenges. I wouldn't want to be a young parent right now. And again, because of so much media and scrutiny, that fear of not being a good enough parent. Yeah, see, I get Loretta. I was so afraid of screwing up motherhood that I chose not to have children. I totally understand that. At the same time, though, from my experience, like that mother stage is not about uh, birthing children. It is, it's a, it's a nurturing stage. That's and right. It's, uh, and I find from my, from my observation and experience that those who, who do not um, have children are still nurturing oh, so absolutely. many other people that they are yeah. pulled with the same amount of energy in 18 different exactly. directions. Yeah, exactly. Supporting again, everyone else. 
there's many parents that don't know how that do parenting that know how to do many things, but nurturing may not be one of them. If you weren't yeah. nurtured as a child, it's very difficult then to know how to nurture your children. It's the same as knowing how to protect yeah. them. If nobody protected you, then you don't have that. It's almost like a strand in your DNA that you just don't have that ability to do that with your own children. If it was not there for you. Right. So that's where the triggering and the pushes come. So, yeah. I mean, not that and, and it takes a while and that's where you have to learn to forgive yourself. And, that's right. And that takes your okay. lifetime. Yeah. That yes. takes your, it really does take your lifetime. Because that you, just, you just keep moving. It's like I said about being an onion and you peel it back in layers. Your healing work is exactly the same because you can't do it all at once. No. I'll listen to my daughter. You did amazing. Um, We're all learning daily. And that's daily. right. That we, is, we do continuously. For our my, whole life. My beautiful daughter is, is wicked smart. But you do. You do it in layers because your, your soul and your day-to-day -day life, you need breaks from it. So you do, you peel a bunch of the onion back and you do a bunch of healing work. And then you have to have a break from it, you know. Yeah. And then something else will happen in your life. And it's like, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board and peel the next layer. But we're not necessarily meant to do it all at once. And I, I've told my kids yeah. that when it comes to partners. I've always said that about love relationships you know we learn stuff in layers so maybe the first uh, serious relationship we had went south and it was all kinds of things wrong with it the next one will be similar but there'll be stuff missing it takes several tries yeah to, i have a thought that right yeah i have a thought about that just i just gonna, gonna share joyce thank you for for hanging out with us um uh, she's saying, Ken and I just talked about that today. Would not want to be raising yeah, kids no, life when we were kids was much uh, more simpler. Life was much simpler. You came home when the lights came on. <laughs> right? I, don't, I lived in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, we, Joyce we gets that because I was a child in the 70s. Um, we were feral. <laughs> Right. There was we didn't want our parents watching every move we made because and they couldn't either. They were busy working and stuff. So you learned a lot quicker how to fend for yourself and how to be independent. Yeah, we well, I mean, we learned independence. I learned independence in a different way. But we, I certainly I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So it wasn't yeah. like, um, I mean, we were out on our bicycles and we were yeah, you in, had the, to in the fields. And My parents never once as a child did they ever entertain me ever no <laughs> that wasn't a, they, that wasn't considered a parent's job it was like get outside go play go find something to do right and that um, that's funny you know I made a um I do that morning porch post on on Facebook every day yeah. and um well Monday to Friday I do sometimes on the weekends but I, I use give myself a break but I made a post today because I had uh, my granddaughter and uh she couldn't go to daycare because she was sick so you know my queenie duties kicked in and I made a post about it that you know just sort of that cycle repeating itself because yeah. my grandma my grandma used to watch me and yeah. you know how special that was and now I was having this day with her and I asked people you know do you have any of those sick day sort of memories as a child and somebody had commented that her grandmother was the one that used to watch her and her grandmother used to make her polish all the dishes and silverware <laughs> on her sick days free you labor. know you're a child of the 70s and 80s free, when. yeah free labor yeah free yeah. labor oh, and if you were sick, suck it like, up because there's chores to do that's right when <laughs> i was when i was a kid too if you were sick if you were so sick that you couldn't go to school you were not allowed out of bed 
Yeah. Right? There, was oh, no yeah. Watching, there was no watching TV or getting better yeah. by about noon. Um, you were in bed. So it wasn't worth it. Like to fake, being sick, to fake being sick was not a joy ride at all. Right. No, for, no, no. Now I, for the kids it is, especially if there's a, a grandparent. Right. Yeah. Because I did the same thing last year. My youngest grandson is eight. And when Val was in school last year, the schedules were really crazy for her. So I had him a couple days a week where I took him to school in the mornings. And he would often try that. Oh, I don't feel good, Grandma. I think I need to stay home. And it was because he loved hanging out with me. He didn't want to go to school yeah. if he was going to miss a chance to hang out with me for the day, right? And my, my response to all of that is do it while you can, because once they grow up a little bit, then they don't want to. Yeah. Did right. you have, I had mental health days with my kids, like every once in yeah. a while, just because there was, just keep had, them home. Yep. We had so much stress and yep. upheaval and we had just so much going on that yep. every once in a while it was like, we're just going to have a mental we're health day and stay home, yeah. have fun and yeah. play. Yeah. And I think adults need to do it too, even when they're past parenting is that, you know what, life is hard sometimes. And some days yeah. you just don't want to be an adult and you don't want to have to go to work or go outside. You want to lay on the couch and eat chocolate and cry and watch movies. And I think everybody needs that. I think that's very positive to do stuff like that, that it's, you know, you're not being uh, an unenlightened person if you feel really negative about something and you need a chance to process and invent it, right? Or have, I always say I used to have pity parties, right? If something in my life was really, or I had a bad day or something was going on, I would get, let myself have a pity party and I'd put a time limit on it. We so had I a would, peace corner. Yeah. So I would say to myself, <laughs> okay, you can have a pity party and it stops at three o'clock today. Yeah. So then I'd, you know, turn Oprah on and I'd sit and eat chocolate and I'd cry, whatever. It was always her reunion shows too, right? I'd sit and cry along with all the reunited family people and I'd eat some more chocolate. And then at three o'clock, I'd go, okay, well, enough of that. Time to get back to the real world and get back to doing stuff. It's okay to give yourself permission to do all of that. Yeah. In whatever way works. In whatever way works for you. Yeah, right? whatever way works. Everybody's different, right? Yeah. Accepting. Anita. It's just sharing exactly my grandson uh, always wants, wants to be with, uh, me, to too. with me too. And I tell uh, new grandparents all the time, enjoy like every second, single second of it because you only get about 12 years, 10 to 12 years with your grandbabies before they get busy, right? They have their own little social lives and, well, they're, own, and then they don't want to hang out with grandma anymore. But they're in that expanding and yeah, they're educating. doing what they're supposed to do. So yeah. that first, to me, that first 10 years or so, yeah. that's when you create the memories with them. And it's not even that you need to spend a lot of money on them yeah. or buy them a lot of stuff. It's creating those memories. Like my oldest granddaughter, Callista, she's 14 now. When she was two and a half, like I, I would take my grandkids as much as I could for sleepovers. There didn't need to be a reason. So I had made her a bedtime picnic on, you know, a really pretty big tray and her her little juice and her treats and her snacks and her popcorn because we were going to watch a movie in bed. She was so excited. She was vibrating. She was like, Grandma, I've never had a bedtime picnic before, right? <laughs> That's the stuff they remember. They don't remember yeah. what you bought yeah. them for Christmas, right? Because they don't care. Tracy's just sharing. I did the same and we would call them call pajama, them pajama days. days. Yeah. My kids love them. They still, still talk, talk about, about them. them. And Tracy's got lovely children. She's got the greatest kids. Same with Heather. She has great girls. Do you want to read her, her comment? Heather's saying, I gave my girls one or two days a year. They can take off. No questions asked. They used it wisely. 
Yeah. And this is the thing. If you are giving your, your, um, your kiddos, uh, when they understand that there are consequences and there's, um, consequences for their choices and and their actions there's no need for a whole lot of rules because they just sort of they 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 know yeah i would always say to my children too sometimes you know before you go do that before you go do something silly and you're teenager so of course you're going to do a lot of silly things ask yourself is it going to be you know is it going to be something you can talk about at christmas dinner in front of your grandparents Mm. because if the answer to that is no (laughs) you might want to rethink it um, I had taught my kids very well, I guess Brooklyn, Brooklyn would have been about eight and, uh, to, to really tap into their intuition. Right. Yeah. Sorry, trust we're just, your gut. Trust your gut. And, and what does that feel like? So if you lean into it, does this feel yeah, like the right choice? Feel? Yeah. Right choice for you or does it not? And, and does it make your second- stomach roll? Right. That's All right. of that sort of gut reaction. If it, if you're, you have that reaction, you need to pay attention and ask, what is it I'm being shown? Like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Right. Mary Jo is just sharing. It's the feeling you create, not the money you spend. It's, that so is true. absolutely the truth. Mind you, I really love spending money on my grandchildren too. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with that. Joyce is just uh, sharing. And when you lose a grandchild, spending time, time with, with the, the others, others becomes, becomes even oh, more precious. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. This, yeah. Absolutely. Or if your ch- grant for many people, their grandchildren live far away, Yeah, you know, so they're, they don't get to see them a lot. I don't know how they do it. Right. Like I, up until a couple of years ago, all my grandchildren lived in the same city as I do. Um, so it's hard when they move far away because you just don't have that same connection to them that you did. Right. My uh, second oldest son has, you know, with I share this uh, story once in a while about that tapping into your intuition. And yeah. he was a teenager and he's like, he he was always the one that would say, you remember that thing you taught me? <laughs> and I'm like, I know I'm in to hear something. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you remember that thing you taught me? And I said, which thing, Ryan? And he's like that thing about leaning in and asking your intuition or asking your spirit how it feels about something. And I was like, Yeah tell me what you did. And he said, well, I leaned in and I asked my, my spirit if going to this party was going to be the right thing for me, yeah. which is what I wanted them to do. Right. Lean yes. in. Cause sometimes yeah. it's going to say yes. Sometimes it's going to say no. That's right. And, yeah. um, he's like, and I got a, a, a clear don't go. And I said, and what did you do? And he's like, I went now. The, the, back, the backstory to this is uh, he's so musically gifted. So he was oh. living eight hours away from me um, going to a program similar to Glee. Like, so he was yeah. recording, oh gosh, yeah. producing, touring. He was, you know, high school and this cutie patootie blonde boy, you know, rocking yeah. out. And so he did his tap in, he did his tap in. So don't go to the party. And, and Ryan went. And I said, so then what was the end result? What right? happened? Yeah. And he's like, well, somebody started a fire in a field and then the police got called. And, yeah, the fire trucks it went and, out. It went and I'm out. like, what did you do? And he's like, I ran faster than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just got, got out of yeah. there really fast. But, you know, when you teach your kids from an early age and um, if you learn it yourself at whatever age, that's right. You learn to tap into your intuition and trust even that. hard decisions, even hard decisions will make you feel light yep. and it helps you create a magical life. And if your yep. children learn to trust their intuition over somebody else's opinion, yes, absolutely. 
then they yeah. don't run into those. Well, and even in Ryan's situation where he did tap in and ask himself and it was a hard no, don't go. And he did it anyway. Yeah. So there's also beauty in that because the next time that situation would have come about, his intuition would go, remember last time, Ryan? Remember yeah. last time when you didn't listen to me? Remember? Yeah. And he never that's, did. Part of the, that's part of the learning too, is yeah. that you have to experience some of that in order to fully trust, right? That's Anytime right. we don't trust our intuition, things usually will go south. It's pretty much a guarantee, right? Yeah. Um, in, in some way, especially if we're getting really strong messaging not to do something and we don't listen. And it, it just, it just, the more we do it, um, the more you trust it. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. you know, the more you trust it yeah. and the more you receive, like the more you understand what your intuitive voice sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Um, how your intuition is working for you. So you don't That's necessarily right. have. Some or when you it. ask, right. When you're, when you're asking your intuition to guide you in a, in a direction, I always had amazing experiences happen with that too. Right. Where I would, I would be think I had a, when I had my flower shop, we used to do a, at a, a, event every year it was called pay it forward right um so i would buy thousands of roses we would give you could come into my store you would get a dozen it didn't cost you a dime we would ask you if you wouldn't mind to make a donation to big brothers but then the gift of it was you're to keep one and give the other 11 away to total strangers mm, right nice. or to friends it's about building community and building friendship and stuff like that so we had done it for three or four years it was a great big success so the next year was coming around and people were coming in the shop and asking me are you doing it are you doing it because I always did it in September and I thought oh my goodness so I put it out to my because a part of me was like I don't know do we need to keep doing it sometimes fundraisers have like a lifespan that ends so I said okay I need to, I need a sign. If I'm supposed to do this event again this year, let me know, right? Give it up to my team, right? I get up the next morning. I typically didn't turn the TV on that early in the morning because it was the middle of the night. Pay it forward. The movie was on TV. Oh, that's so funny. I was like, okay, message received, right? So the more you learn how to do that too, you can actually get confirmation of Quickly. where your intuition, your intuition is trying to lead you, right? And then you have to trust that too. And you, I think too, um, yes. Yeah, so the trust, so asking, trusting, and uh -huh. then, you know, acting on it. Yeah. Um, it's huge. Exactly. Acting yeah, on it. Huge. Sorry, Deborah. I just sort of. Oh, I love spending time with my grandsons. Yeah. Grandsons are wonderful, especially if you can do sound effects, right? <laughs> with grandsons, that's really important. Jocelyn is just sharing my grandson is my biggest joy. Biggest joy. And I understand that my granddaughter, oh, I just have one. Um, yeah. And she's, and she's three and, and she, and is. you know what, with every single one, I remember, cause my oldest grandchild, he's now 22 years old. And I remember when my daughter was pregnant with her second child, my husband said, do you think that, do you think that we'll be able to love this new baby the way that we've loved Casey? And I said, Oh yeah, your heart just gets bigger. And it really does. Like, it doesn't matter how many grandchildren you have. You feel the same way about all of them. It's wonderful. Oh, he FaceTimes to say goodnight. Oh, how lovely. Anita is just sharing. My grandson calls me every day before school or after school. So he always FaceTimes me at night to say, to say goodnight. Oh, how lovely is that? Yeah. And I always tell new grandparents oh. to record your grandchildren's voices as much as you can. 
yeah. as much as you can. When they do funny little things, record it because it's hilarious to listen to as they get older. And they're, I still have a letter, not a letter. Uh, my granddaughter, Calista, was five or six and she stayed home from school one day with me. And she wrote a little story in a little notebook that I had about how this was the best day ever because she got to stay at her grandma's and, you know, and her little handwriting and spelling mistakes and stuff. I've, I've always kept it because to me, that's the stuff that's precious. Um, uh, Deborah is just showing, uh, with every farm animal. So those, those sounds. So Jocelyn is just asking, what sounds are you talking about talking for grandsons? About. Oh, and like, it's like if you're the playing, lightsaber from star Wars. Yeah. And you've <laughs> got to be able to do a forklift backing up and a truck back and a helicopter, you know, and sirens. I never, ever was able to master cause I'm not good at that stuff, but I couldn't do sirens. My, my grandsons all could, but if you're good at that kind of stuff, your grandson's and let's that. be honest and if all else cool. fails it's a fart sound blowing oh, farts yeah. on oh. lilies are like the always funny <laughs> minions minions right always funny yeah yeah mindfulness yoga with d she is just sharing i'm almost 47 and it's only been in the last five years that i've started listening to my yeah. intuitive parts it has become a game changer, game changer. for me and how i oh, make huge. choices in life and again this yeah, is that this, this is that, is that age, age bracket yeah that's mm. what i say 40 and up is when you really start to tap into all of that if you haven't if you haven't been doing that your whole life which some people do right oh i have the last message my granddaughter left for me on my phone is my ringtone how beautiful is that yeah that's so lovely yeah Joyce's granddaughter was quite young when she passed away from yeah her. yeah from i just got that stuff. that she had already crossed over yeah yeah what a beautiful thing to have from exactly. her exactly yeah. And I have my grandma's voice. I re secretly recorded my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked her a whole bunch of questions. And so I have this on my, um, and then, so it was great. So I shared it with family yeah. after she See, And I did those recordable storybooks for my grandchildren. So I talked like about I you yours. last week. Like, yeah, I, know, so. like I did yours. That's where it was. That's why it was so easy to do it with you because I'd already done it. Yeah. Um, actually, the only one I haven't done it for yet, and I, I have one here for him. I just haven't gotten around to doing it, is my youngest grandson, Henry. I need to do one for him. Right. Um, but my daughter would tell me all the time. She'd say, oh, mom, Jade sits and listens to it all the time, wants to listen to your voice. Uh, Jocelyn is just sharing. She was laughing and saying he's into uh, making, making the, the ghost ghost or something. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the sounds. And so uh, for those of you that may not have listened or tapped into the show, um, Deborah Hacka-Jones, who's just uh, making some comments here and joining us in the chat. She was on last week and we were talking about frequency and, and um, oh, healing awesome. and, I and was vibrations. So hard. Yeah, and she was amazing. She's a medical intuitive. If you want to go back and check out that episode. I and I, I was sharing, um, you know, secret uh, sound and vibrations, also voice and, and, oh, and music. Yeah. And, and I have said to you uh, always, you know, that I wanted, I loved your voice so much and I wanted you to read me bedtime stories. And then a week later I got uh, a book got in the, the mail. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, you were, I get told it. that on the phone a lot of times too, especially all because for many years I always worked in customer service. So I would talk to customers on the phone and a lot of times, especially men would say, Oh my God, you've got the sexiest voice. And I said, yeah. And you can't see me because it'd be a huge disappointment for you. So, oh no. So let go of that. Just, well, I had one guy tell me once, he said, you've got a voice like Demi Moore. And I said, well, I might, but I certainly don't look like her. <laughs> and most of us don't like the sound of our own voices, right? We're, Oh, much love. 
You're welcome, Deb. It's always a pleasure. Anytime. She was fascinating. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I, she was. I know and she sure. was funny. Like when she made the comment about the tin hat, I was dying. I was just like, Oh my God, she's my, she's my kind of people. <laughs> and, and we find each other. Yeah. So I, one of the, um, I wrote all these little comment notes for us, uh, you know, to come back around to. And I wrote um, when I was thinking about, you know, this stage and, and, moving out of mother into crone I would say full on crone for me now at this point but um it's it's uh the the depth of our knowledge uh it's resiliency there's confidence with our wisdom all and all of that experience yeah that strength comes from yeah time and experience and and giving ourselves that grace and ease and having and and having survived like having survived the stuff that we've had to go through to get to the crone phase because everybody has traumas and dramas and you know the fact that you survive Mm -hmm. all of that can also give you permission to be that much more authentic right that you don't have to keep trying to please everybody because you won't please anybody especially if you don't please yourself right but you have to live your life your way with no apologies. I don't apologize anymore. I used to, like in my younger years, I would apologize that I was weird and different. Not anymore. It's like, this is it. What you see is what you get. Heather's just asking what has been the hardest part hard between each stage for you. I find leaving motherhood has been hard because my kids don't seem to need me. That is hard. That is hard, but that's as much as that's hard too, Heather. That's that means you did a great job, right? Mm. When your kids don't need you as much because they're flying solo and they're and they're being successful in whatever they're doing or happy, um, that just means you did a really good job. But that's where again, heading into that crone phase, finding tribe, finding your people, having that group of friends that you know. And for me, those kind of friends like Heather and Tracy and Michelle and Lori and all the ones that have chimed in tonight, they are my biggest fans and I am their biggest fans. Right. That's what real tribe friendship and community and connection is, is that we support each other, uplift each other. We're there in a heartbeat. Any one of those women, if I picked up the phone right now and called them, and one's in Calgary and said, I need you. They'd come. It's that simple. They would come. It's, I, I would add that it's, it's uh, rediscovering what brings you joy. Oh, absolutely. Because we put it on absolutely. hold for we so put it long. all on hold for our kids. And plus, yeah. again, in that phase of our life, when we're young mothers and we're raising kids and working, life is so busy. And we're really, we're really just trying to tread water right? And get through the days and we're in survival mode. You know, we have to work and pay bills and do all of that stuff. There's no time to look at anything else, right? Until that phase is finished. Ah, Tracy's, Tracy's one of my tribe. I love her to death. Grace is just sharing Linda is such a great teacher and such a loving soul to those lucky enough to be in in her her tribe. tribe. And I'm very picky about who's in my tribe. And I don't, uh, yeah, my friend Lori is just saying, yes, I would be there in a heartbeat. She is uh, truly every time in my, if I said I'm having a bad day, she would, her immediate response would be, how can I help? How can I support you? Well, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling very well. Uh, I might have a cold. Can I bring you some soup? Can I go get you some groceries? And she doesn't live in Woodstock, but she would still do it. That's, that to me is, 
uh, true friendship and true tribe, right? That you are authentically yourself and you're all there for each other. Um, and women, especially, we hold up half the sky. We need it uh, as much as men, if not more, because of the fact that we're mothers, right? Yeah. It's and different. We start. We started talking. I think that we kind of walked walked away from it, but I knew that that, that we knew, our we conversation. Knew that, we knew it was going to go south. <laughs> no, 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 not south at all. But you know, really, I I just keep feeling like the what authenticity means needs to get hammered home, and it's really yeah. understanding what your values are, what your yeah. moral compass Very, is. What yes, what your boundaries are. What your boundaries are, and Absolutely. feeling okay in every situation to show yeah. up that way show yep. up comfortably in your skin and yep. and putting your boundaries into place or speaking That's your right. truth and, and that it doesn't have to be done in a net like I'm very I'm pretty blunt and I'm pretty honest but I'm also very kind so I would never deliver a message you know of not wanting to do something with a person in a way that would ever be negative right yeah. but I I I'm very clear about my boundaries right and what I want to do and I always say like I have a morning mantra that I do every morning and part of it is allow me to meet people where they are in their journey without judgment or opinion that I can hold space with that person. I don't have to agree with that person mm -hmm. and I can have my boundaries and I can have clear shielding from the negativity, but I can still be in that person's presence, right? And experience whatever that is because everybody's journey is different. Yeah. Everybody's is. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. That's the honest truth. Like my I son says, whatever blows your hair back. That's <laughs> right? so yeah. And again, about coming back to after that mothering phase is over, what does bring us joy? Right? What, how well, do, how do I want to spend my time? Right? So, what do I want out of life? What do I want? So, I tap into that very well now. It took me a while. Um, it's a feeling, it's hard to describe, but it's a feeling mm -hmm. of, I call it, it's what makes your heart sing. Right? So, when you do something, that makes your heart sing, that's joy, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're meant to share that, whatever way that looks like, whatever that gift is. And you're not meant to have any attachment to the outcome, right? Yeah. Or how that's going to be accepted because the joy is in the offering of it, right? So for me, I just kept practicing. Would, I would try things, right? I'll try that twice if I liked it, right? But I tried tons of stuff, took all kinds of classes to determine what made my heart sing, right? So I did things like certified in Reiki and I was like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not body piercing. Body piercing. That was, I tell you something, the most fun I ever had <laughs> first. And I didn't do it for a long time. And it was very much like fly by the seat of your pants because I'm also, um, I'm not always grounded, right? So for me to stay grounded is real. So I'm very compulsive sometimes, or impulsive sometimes, where I'll be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll I'll quit my job and go body pairs," which is exactly what I did. I quit a really good job, and went and took body piercing training and stuff. And I only did it for about four or five months, but I've never had so much fun. It was just an absolute hoot. So now when people look at me at my age, and I'll be I'll be like, "Oh, I could have pierced that for you." <laughs> so funny but you i think your intuition guides you it put you me where i needed to be always and your always. intuition will guide you to your joys yes. so you have a feeling like you've and i've always people. wanted to do this or i've no, always felt it, pulled yeah and it also guides you to people that you're meant to there I, again there's no coincidence 
there's divine synchronicity of events, right? So even for me, that body piercing stint didn't last very long because I actually needed to have a real job that paid money. Um, but it put me in the path of some amazing people. My friend William, who I'm very close to, I met him during that time, right? Because so he used to come into this tattoo shop that I pierced in and we started talking. So <clears throat> there's always a reason. Let me just... Come back up. Sorry, there was a okay. there was a question that I asked. Oh, Joanna. And I I'm like you. I I yeah. encourage my children, like even we'll with dating. Yes, all we'll of it. it. Yeah. Yes, even with dating. Tall, oh, yeah. short. How do you know? Try it all. Yeah. Yes. Well, How I do you know? I unless used you, to, I used to tease my daughters because my daughters were very much. Um, you know, they would get into relationships without dating a whole bunch of people and then be in that relationship. And I would say to them, it needs to be a couch and a coffee, not a bed and a breakfast, right? Like date, date five different guys all at the same time, you know, figure out how to juggle it, but try everything on for size. Don't just look at one thing, right? And I, again, so we were going to, I was going to, I had a thought and then it left Squirrel and Red Bull when we were talking, when you were talking about, you know, first relationship may not work out, you know, second relationship, we learn yeah. from everything we learn from it. And uh, for, again, from observation and, and doing the work that I do, and as much as I do, I feel like our intuition knows where we are supposed to land. So there's a commonality in some form with each of those that's right. Excuse well, me, which of those people? And again, and, life lessons attached to it as well, right? Well, if you are not, if if you're choosing to ignore where any of those red flags are, so you just keep having those lessons until you get to that stage of yeah. not going to anymore. Yeah. Um, Joanna is just asking, how, how do, do you, you find, find your tribe? Do things, Joanna, that you love, right? Seek do things, um, go join classes to, you know, if you want to dance, take a dance class, uh, go to seminars. Yeah. Photography, singing, singing, whatever, do any of that. Your tribe will, you'll meet people. Cause what happens is you start to meet people that are like-minded and that creates friendships. And then that friend, those friendships can turn into tribe and you can have many different types of people in your tribe. They don't all have to know each other. They don't all have to be friends with each other. That's not what it's about, right? And they don't even necessarily have to be in person either. No. Because one of my closest people is is Deb Morse, and she lives in California. And the last yeah. time I saw her in person was probably 12 yeah. years ago. But the connection is there, and then you can just yeah. expand on it. So for me, the women in my tribe now, I met them all in different ways. Um, but it was, I met them doing things that I loved, yeah. right? And letting so, go of your expectation of what you think it should yeah. look like. Yeah. So and I always say, be fearless too. If you're, if you're on yeah. your own and you're wanting to, uh, my friend, Linda Doyle used to say this to me all the time. She said, you're fearless. I'm, uh, she said, you amaze me. And I, I didn't understand what she was talking about. She said, you go take workshops and you do this and you do all this stuff and you'll go do it by yourself. Yes. And I and I, I was like, yeah, don't you? And she was like, no, I would never go take a painting class or a pottery class by myself. And I'm like, oh, I would. Right. Mm -hmm. And let, because if none of my people wanted to go, then I'd go by myself. I wasn't going to let me stop it. Let that stop me because I'd yeah. meet somebody there. Yeah. Right. So go try different things. That's how your tribe will find you. 
especially if you're authentic, they can't find you if you're not being authentic because they may not be your people. That's right. Right. Sherry Lynn is just sharing. It's crazy how living is actually learning. Every day is a lesson. What we would do years ago, we have knowledge not to allow that. Allow back. that back. Absolutely. And that, that too, what Sherry Lynn's saying is that we become, when once we're awake, you can't go back to sleep. No. Right? So once your intuition is strong or or pushing you and guiding you and once you're awake and i i say that that your soul has woken up it's yeah. not going to go back to sleep right so then you have to actually start dealing with the stuff we're just going to read this uh for our audio listeners so sherry lena is sharing i love that feeling um you know, when you're leaning into your intuition and, and connecting, I never thought I would um, ever feel good after losing my baby. Aww. I went to classes, body piercing, um, but that is all healing. Healing. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And it's fun. Linda is the amazing lady. Well, and it's fun, right? Um, but again, that comes from just being fearless. I was told at work that in my 30s shouldn't be getting tattoos. Listen, I just had a tattoo a couple years ago. Don't listen to them. She didn't. Here's her yeah. next response. I responded with my body is it's not, not to, to please, please you. Absolutely, right. Sherry Lynn. You I got mean, it. What I found, so I was, I think I was 43 when I got my first one and it was like 10 hours. It's a full yeah. work, half sleep. Yeah. Well, go big or stay home. That's right. <laughs> this is how great. we roll. It's so, how we roll. <laughs> and I got a lot of flack as well, too. Like I got oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of flack about this, this yeah. tattoo. But I tried to explain it to um, a family member who was having a huge issue with this tattoo. Um, that when I looked in the mirror after I got this tattoo, it was like I was seeing myself. I see yeah. me. Like like there was a piece of me yeah. that of my story Part that had been story. missing. Absolutely. And then once I got the tattoo and then it was yeah. just. And I mean, I have 13 of them. I have three, I originally started, I think I got my first tattoo at 28 or 29. Um, I now have 13. It's part of my, it tells the story of my adventures basically, because yeah. for most of us, our tattoos are deeply meaningful to us, right? They're not just, it's not like it was back in the fifties where you just picked a picture off the wall. They're custom designed. But some of those are fun too. Some of those are fun too, but uh, they're custom yeah. designed and they're meaning yeah. like everything on my body has very specific meaning and most of it's words. Like most of my tattoos are words and sayings and things like that because that resonates for me, right? Oh, Sherry Lynn has 13 too, my sister. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that stops me from having more now is when I think I have a big one that I'd like covered up, but I think of how painful it is and I'm like, well, oh, not today. <laughs> Maybe I, not I don't know. I pretty, I just get into a zone with it, with my yeah. breathing and can get into a pretty yeah. good zone. I'm it's good with it. It's itching part as, it, as it's, as it's healing. And yeah. I agree, all of them have a different meaning, even. Oh, mine like, all have different meaning, yeah. And I, and again, depending on what your spiritual path is as well too, if you yeah. are, you know, a believer of sigils and you're, yeah. you know, creating your own sigil that oh, has yeah. like I have power I have, mantra behind you. Yeah, I have a unilome tattooed on my arm. You know, mm -hmm. I have that saying from Avatar. You know, I have say I have a whole saying down one leg. It is. It's they. They all are meaningful to us. It doesn't have to be meaningful to anybody else. I love right. that, Sue. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I, I got, got my first one 50. when I was fifty. You go. I have eight now. So I just want to come back up. I'm really sorry. I just don't want you to feel I'm ignoring you here, Catherine. Uh, thank you. 
for sharing and thank you for joining us, Catherine. We're we're actually not giving intuitive messages out during. We're just having a conversation today. So, but I do appreciate cool. you hanging out and and being yeah, a part okay, of the conversation. Yeah. Um, hi from Ottawa. Hi, Christine. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> Um, Lori is just sharing uh, her special. Yeah, she's got some a couple beautiful ones, and they are like they. Why would I wouldn't tattoo have tattoos put on me if they didn't mean something to me, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they're number one. There's time invested in them, and they hurt. Not gonna lie. Well, Same. and I've and I've always looked at it as an investment as well too. Yes, so, and it's real estate. You're buying real estate, really. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. And if it's, it's funny cause you either love them or you don't, right? Like I have four children. My youngest two have tons of tattoos. My oldest two don't have any at all and don't like them. So it's just, it's just a difference. Right. And the money, money. Yeah. They cost a lot of money now. That's for sure. Um, if you are just joining, if you're just joining in, uh, you are listening uh, to Spirit Switchboard. I'm your host, Carolyn Shellhorn, and you are listening to us live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in on the chat and um, being part of the conversation today. We have my friend and uh, my dear friend and, and I'm going to say colleague too, because you are, you oh, do that's intuitive very, work, you're that's inspiring very humbling. That's and a teacher very humbling. and, you know, I know that you're working towards your podcast. We are going to talk about Patch Mama in a second as well too, um, Linda Earl. So Jessica, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, started collecting tattoos when I was 16, but I didn't have any openly visible till I was in my forties. Yeah. I call it my FU arm because, because I, don't I don't care, care what anybody, anybody else thinks. You rock, girl. And you it's rock. that age bracket yeah. again, right? Like you yeah. really do. And I think, you know, that's one of those signs in becoming uh, into that crone stage is you yes. really have um, an excellent bullshit meter and you definitely have no tolerance for what anyone else thinks like you just yeah we're not we're not phase, interested right? in other people's perceptions of us i always say your opinion of me well, is none of my business yeah because, it took me a long time to get there too oh it took me a long time to get there but again it's because if you don't have that attitude people that maybe knew you 30 years ago still think you're the same person you were 30 years ago which yeah, is not it's, true mm -hmm. right I always say it's like you're still sitting in the lawn chair same lawn chair you were when you were 17 drinking the same beer people grow and change and become different all the time so I'm not interested in somebody's perception of me if they knew me when I was when I was 22 and they don't know me now because I'm not the same person I'm a lot different than I was be proud your mama what what your mama gave you. Yeah, that's true. So you've had many different hats. You've worn oh, a lot done, of different hats. And, I've and done, I've done some of the weirdest, wildest stuff. Like the job I have now, when they interviewed me for the job, the general manager said to me, he goes, Linda, you got a pretty impressive resume. And I said, yeah, it's kind of wild, isn't it? And I said, and there's the half the stuff's not even on there. It would take pages. He goes, yeah, you've done some really interesting stuff. He said, my only concern is that you'll be bored in this job. I said, oh, no, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll be fine. But I was, and even my husband will say, you're fearless. 
You'll take a job where you don't know. But I always, that was when I really stepped into my intuition and trusted that there was a reason why I was there. It was usually always to do with people, not the actual job. Because to me, the tasks don't matter. I, ha I don't have a lot of ego around having to have a title or, you know, it's not my job to do that. That's not who I am. If you asked me to go clean the bathroom, I would, because I don't care if you're paying me, I'll do it. Um, but it wasn't hard for me to move from job to job because I didn't have any attachment to that kind of stuff. It yeah. didn't matter to me, right? Um, I was always there. I always would know within a day or two of a new job. Like I took a job years ago in a factory. I had never worked in a production factory in my life. I was like a deer caught in the headlights. So the very first day I walk into this automotive factory, I've got my pink suede work boots on because the outfit's very important, right? And I'm walking through that factory and I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? this is way outside of my wheelhouse. Right. And then I met my boss and I knew exactly why I was there. I was there for her. That's not fabulous, right. but our yeah. intuition does. And if we yeah, lean it into me, it, it told me that. So yeah, it's, it's the, about an experience. Even in my current job now, I would, I love the people cause I'm not a chat. I'm not attached to a job, a task, right? I'm not, I'm never the one that says, well, I'm not doing that. It's not my job. And this is my job and nobody else can do it. I could care less about that. It's the people that determine whether I stay or go. And I told my current job that when they first hired me, because I was in full blown panic mode too. I was taking another job where it was way outside my wheelhouse. I had never worked in an office environment. So it was really different. And I was terrified at first because I it's, it's all computer based. So I was having to learn all this technology that I was not super comfortable with at all. Um, but I finally just took a deep breath and said, you know what, I can learn it. It's the people. If the people are ridiculous, I won't stay. Like if the people are nasty and mean and everybody, you know, if are horrible, I'm out of here. So, oh, see, and Heather and I work together and you are never leaving us. <laughs> So you also, um, which I refer so many people in your direction and, and use your products as well too. You have Pachamama. Yeah. Um, so can you just share a little bit about uh, how she was, how she was born? Yeah. And um, some of the products and the things that you okay. do. So I started making product probably 15 years ago when I had the flower shop. Uh, my youngest daughter at the time was in school. She was, uh, going to be a holistic nutritionist. So it was exci an exciting time because she would share with me a lot of what she was learning in school. Um, and one of the th many things that she learned in school was all the carcinogenics that are in skincare products. That fascinated me, that there had to be better stuff out there that didn't have all these harsh chemicals and stuff like that. So I started reading everything and, you know, surfing the internet and practicing so that I just started making product and it was all trial and error. I had a lot more errors than I did good stuff in the very beginning, but I just continued to do that, just continued to practice and try new things. And then I did stuff like I took soap making classes so then I could teach soap making and then it just kind of evolved. Um, and then I launched it as it, I started at first under the heading of goddess divine, and then it became Pachamama. Um, and now the same thing, everything I make is guided by my intuition. If, if I don't feel guided to make it, then I don't, 
I don't right. get I don't get trapped anymore into trying to please everybody, which is very easy to do when you have any kind of business that you sell products. Right? Service business. <laughs> yeah, a service business, or if you make jewelry or whatever it is you do, you can't please everybody. So mm. for me, it comes from my spirit. If I'm doing what I am passionate about, again, I don't need to know the outcome. So I don't have right. to make I don't have to make body lotion in 10 different scents. You know, I tried all that in the beginning. I tried to be everything to everybody. Now, not so much. Um, so I make a lot of pain care. That really is the thing that I'm the most passionate about is making. I make topical uh, CBD products for pain. Obliterate. Obliterate, yes. Is the title of that. And obliterate, you, obliterate the pain. Um, and the eczema. Do you just still? Do the I still eczema, The eczema. Yep, I do eczema cream. So it's been me, the best for my granddaughter. That's what sparks me, right? When I when I make obliterate, when I first started making obliterate, I made the recipe up and I experimented, right? And my son helped me with it because my youngest son knows a lot about medicinal, using medicinal weed and CBD and the components and all of that stuff. So I would make a batch and then I would get him to test run it. And then I just kept improving it and upgrading it as I went. But for me, when someone comes back to me and says, Linda, I bought some of your obliterate for my dad and his pain is gone, that makes my heart sing. So that's the stuff I do now. If it doesn't make my heart sing, I don't make it. So I make what I like, mostly CBD topicals right now, and I still do a fair amount of soap. Uh, and I do um, candles that I love, like witchy candles full of crystals and stuff like that. So I just do and what I love. Because you also took aromatherapy courses yeah, and are, you are an aromatherapist. And yeah. can you share? That was an accident. Really? <laughs> that was an accident. Well, I took a job again. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. um, I took a job working in a, a natural health store. And I'd always, I've always been fascinated mm -hmm. by natural medicine and plant-based mm -hmm. medicine. I'd already been reading about it for, you know, 20 years. And then my daughter was in that industry. So I actually went to work in a health food store that she worked in. Um, and the reason they hired me was they wanted to start a DIY section in their store. So they didn't know how to source ingredients they didn't know anything about it so my daughter said well actually you need to hire my mom because that's her jam right so they hired me so that was what I was brought in to do was create this whole DIY uh, aspect of their store and teach workshops and stuff but the staff kept telling customers that I was an aromatherapist which was not the truth oh, dear. <laughs> so I'm like oh geez so I took the course <laughs> So that at least I could live up to what they were saying about me. And again, it's stuff that sparks you up, right? I love plant-based medicine. I love that plants can heal us. I've always known that. I've always believed it. And, so and it was natural. If we look back at uh, the question that Joanna had asked earlier, it's about what you get passionate about. Like, what yeah. could you talk to somebody about for hours, hours and then not even realize that hours have gone by? That's like, right what fuels you what and if you don't know what it is that's where you experiment that's right. right read books i mean when i started my journey in my late 30s into what i say when your spirit opens up i read everything i could get my hands on 
right? I read all kinds of books on all different faiths, different religions, different yeah. spiritualities. And then I took what resonated for me from each one. So then there really wasn't a label on it, right? But what works for me might be different than what works for you, right? Okay. And then it's the same with finding where your joy is and where your passion is. You have to actually do stuff in order to figure out whether or not That's you right. have a passion for it. And you'll know when that, when you get that feeling that it's just absolute joy, that when you paint that picture or you cook that food, doesn't matter what it is. It's what, that's what you're offering. That's the gift that you're offering and that's your purpose, right? And then you just, you delete the stuff that doesn't work for you. That's the thing I love the most about being in a crone phase is I say, hit the delete button all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You tick me off on social media, delete. <laughs> Right. People at work laugh at me because co-workers will come and go, Linda, did you read that email string? That was nasty. Did you? And I'll go, no, I didn't read it. And they'll say, well, you were included on the email. Why didn't you read it? And I said, oh, because I read the first line and it didn't, wasn't anything I needed to worry about. So I deleted it. <laughs> it's the beauty. You can just hit the delete button and start yeah. over. I want to kiss off with love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just go. And you're doing go, it with go do not you with a with bad intention. You're not sending that bad energy out. No. Um no. Sherry Lynn did ask as well too, and Joyce is just asking how they can find your products. How do you find my products? Um the C B D products, I have uh you can just contact me through Facebook. Um people come and pick it up from my porch all the time, or if you're far away, I can ship it. Um the rest of my products that I make which are varied because again, it's based on what I'm wanting to do that day. Uh, I sell through a store here in Woodstock called the Happy Hippo. They're a wonderful family store and they have all different vendors with all different products and they've been amazing to me. So a lot, some of my products, my candles, um, things that I knit, wands, you know, that kind of stuff is in there. I do a lot of other stuff too, but you know, I just don't sell it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure where that's, I'm, I'm still waiting to see where that piece is going to go. I do that, it for me. Um, call my mom got me through this, that yeah. month of being sick. Yeah. Well, I, uh, one of the young women that owns the happy hippo, the two young women that own the happy hippo are just fabulous entrepreneurs and I love them to death and they've been so good to me. And Bobby, I, I was in the store one day and Bobby's like a walking commercial for patch mama. So she comes over and she's got a bag of the bath salts and she said, I don't sleep. She said, I'm 50, Linda. I haven't slept for the last 10 years. And she said, and I felt like I was dying the other night. I had such a bad cold. So she said, I took your bath salts home. She said, I slept for 12 hours. She said, I swear they're magic. And I looked at her and smiled, and she smiled at her. And she goes, in fact, I know they are because you've told me about that stuff, right? Because um, she's always asking me, a asking me questions about being witchy and magical and stuff like that. So she said, I know it's your magic in there because I had explained to her that everything we do has our energy in it. That's right. Our energy. So it's about your intention when you create. So when I create product, when I go down to my workroom, I'm praying that this be received, you know, and assist the person with pain or joy or relaxation or whatever it is they need. That's the intention I'm putting in when I make it. It's never about trying to make money because the minute you do that, nothing works. Oh, and the universe shuts you down. It's yep. The right spirit just goes, yep. Smack, smack. You didn't get the message. Yeah. It's, you know, if you cook a meal for someone and you're angry, 
your anger's going in that food, right? <laughs> so she knew that that's how I approached everything, right? Mm -hmm. So she said, I swear, Linda, your stuff is magic. Yeah. And it's our intention. And then Absolutely. letting people know as well, too, like when you're using those products, putting your added intention into it amps it up even to another level. Oh, 100%. Put your love and prayers into everything you do. And again, when you when you want to create um, and find your passion, it doesn't matter what it is. <clears throat> it's about the intention that you do it with. You know, if if your life purpose is to feed people because that's what you're passionate about then do that. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big sparkly stuff. It's not all unicorns and rainbows. We're not all going to save the whales. Yeah. And we're not all going to become millionaires. No. Um, is just saying that's not too far from me. I'll be stopping by. Thank you. Very much. <coughs> um, oh, she'll love it. It's, it's a fabulous store. I can't say enough about what a fabulous little store it is uh, for kids. Joyce, very different. Yep. Joyce is just sharing, I sold natural skincare and makeup products for many years, starting back in the 70s, but the company left Canada years ago. See, and everything cycles through, Yeah. right? It's becoming a hot trend now. Um, people are, again, with education and awareness, we start to know that we want to get away from products that are full of, full of chemicals and stuff like that. It's about education, right? Mm -hmm. And that what I always educate when I teach anything to do with product making, whether it's body lotion or soap or... Uh, what have you, is that the stuff that's carcinogenic in natural skincare is preservatives. Yeah. It's what gives it a, a hundred year shelf life, right? And there are natural preservatives, but they're a lot trickier to play with and big companies don't want to spend that kind of money, right? So the for a lot of people too, using something that's all natural, if it's more expensive, they just won't, they just won't bother, right? So you have to Sherry's right. You're right, Sherry. It comes from your energy. I trust my intuition with all of that now. I just make it and see how it goes. Yeah, Heather, too. Um, Sue is just asking again. It's called the Happy Hippo, and it's in Woodstock. If you Google it, uh, it'll show you exactly where it is. It's kind of in the main hub of downtown Woodstock. Because so, Susan, you're on your own journey as well, too, with making uh, products and exploring that way, too, I believe. Oh, right? yeah. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. And be willing to make mistakes. Like, it took me probably five years to, to figure out body lotion. It was the hardest thing I learned how to make. Um, oh, Joyce is saying her pro products that she, company she worked for didn't have any preservatives, which is okay. But the problem is they have zero shelf life. You know, anything that's made that has water attached to it is going to draw bacteria. So if there's no preservatives in it, it's going to mold within 48 hours, right? But any preservatives that I use are all natural. They come from coconut base. Um, so they're perfectly safe, but they're very expensive. So it comes down to like, what kind of quality do you want? In terms of people learning to make it, play with it. Play with it. And it's investing. It's it's yeah. what you feel pulled to invest yeah. in. And I am always like with Heather that's chimed in a lot tonight. I've taught Heather, I've basically taught Heather how to make soap over teams. Um, but I I want to do that. Like I because uh, she said, you know, Linda, I'd like to maybe do something like this out in Calgary. I said, absolutely, I want you to. And anything that I can help you with, I absolutely will. Because I'm not worried about hoarding information and not sharing it. There's abundance for everyone. So, you know, 
everybody that I teach soap making to, I tell them, go make soap, right? Yeah. I, that's my hope is that you'll continue to make soap and that you'll love it. And if it's something you're passionate about, then start your own little soap business. I'll help that's you. Right. That's right? right. I'll help you. I'll give you whatever information I can. Um, uh, Sherilyn's just showing. Uh, okay, ladies. I'm I will be visiting the Happy Hippo very soon. Oh, wonderful, Sherry. You'll love it. You might want to leave the kiddos at home, though, the first visit. <laughs> It'll cost you a fortune. Take care. I wish you, ladies. Thank you very much that. for joining oh, us thanks, tonight. Sherry. Um, Joyce is just um, correcting. No She's chemical preservatives. Yeah. Yeah, because there's pre preservatives out there that don't have all the chemicals in them, but they're more expensive. It the arthritis, really it, it yeah. helps. Um, it does, yeah. And it's I've ramped it up again. Um, I've switched the recipe just in the last couple of weeks where it has a 1,000 milligrams now of CBD THC distillate in it. And I've added two more essential oils. So it's even got bigger bang now. Oh, when I go to Woodstock, Julie, to the raw rock shop, my favorite place. I love that store. Very good, Susan. Susan is just sharing. I also make my own herbal infused oils. Um, yeah. Doula, St. John's Wort and others for topical use. Awesome. And you, you had said something earlier and it, it's true, but there's <clears throat> abundance for everyone. So if there you were is, doing something out of, of if you were doing something out of lack and fear, you're only going to create more blocks for yourself Absolutely, and it's not going to feel authentic whatever, and it won't jive. It just whatever won't. you're afraid of is what you're going to attract. So when people do this, when they take whatever it is that they're trying to hoard to themselves and hold it to themselves and not share it, they'll get more lack. Yeah. Right. Because there's so much abundance out there. So Joyce, I don't have a bathtub either. I just uh, will soak my feet. So oh, where are, where is Joyce located? Can she tell us that or no? Ranford. Okay. So if she ever wants to come to Woodstock, she needs monsters be gone spray. Spray yes. spray your linens and go to sleep. I make a sleep spray. Um, More than one? You make two? I make three. <laughs> so I do Monsters Be Gone. I named it that because it appeals to children. So I always tell parents, you know, if they have children that have a hard time sleeping or have night terrors or bad dreams, uh, spray the room. Let the child do it. Make it a ritual. Spray under the bed. Spray in That's the closet. Important. Get rid of the monsters. Right? But if you spray your linens, it'll help you sleep. My 87-year-old mother uses it all the time. So take a day trip to Woodstock and go check out the Happy Hippo. Because it's all there. Um, and the energy clearing. Yeah, I when do I your energy clearing, which um, you use quite a bit. And then I do a sacred smudge. I do a sacred. And I have that from you for, as well too. And it's great. Yeah. And it's handy for people that maybe don't like the smell of burning, like they want to smudge, but they don't like the smell of burning sage. Or if they live somewhere where maybe it wouldn't be allowed, it's a quick way to just, uh, to honor, right? Because saging is all about prayers and cleansing and, and things like that. So it's just a quick, easy way to do it for someone that maybe can't burn the sage. But I like ritual. I like doing the whole Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, but for me, uh, especially when I do events, so I have one in the office, yeah. one in my car. Like I keep, yeah. I I take it with me in the car so that when I'm done events, um, yeah, I'm not bringing your energy. 
in the car yeah. before or like before I even get in the car before I drive home. Yeah. So and again it's the intention. My intention in that spray yeah. is that it clears you of negativity, especially people that do light work, right? Yeah. Because you're a sponge and you can suck up everybody else's junk. It's a quick, easy way. And that's the intention I put in when I make it is that this is meant to clear that energy so that you're not the sponge that carries around everybody else's stuff, right? Same with the sleep spray so that it allows people peaceful sleep, especially children, right? So it's whatever intention you put in, it's going to have that effect, right? Oh, Dana used to buy it for her son. Yeah, the monsters be gone. Yeah, so she's yeah. just saying it's so helpful for my son. Yeah, my still uses it. And I told his mom and dad, let him spray. Let him spray under the bed. You know, let him spray in the closet because it's the, he's in fear, right? So that's how you calm all that stuff down. And so if we kind of... Oh, you inspire me, Lori. If you kind of bring that back into, you know, our intent for our conversation today, this is about, you know, starting in those early ages yeah. and empowering each other through conversation, through That's rituals, right. through yeah. creativity through and through sharing. Yeah. yeah, through yeah, sharing so. what you know how to do, right? That if I, and I'm a big on that. Um, and I mean, I think I probably had a time in my life, especially when I had the flower shop, that I wasn't as much like that as I learned to be later on because you're living in fear, right? So fear and love can't reside in the same space. And if everything you're doing is based in fear, you're just going to bring more of it, right? Oh, yeah. uh, whereas if you look at it and go, okay, well, I'm just going to do what I do and we'll see, right? And you and trust it doesn't that. It doesn't mean that once you get into a flow that you won't have fear. You just oh, you can. don't sit in it as you long and you put it, your you tools to work. That's right. And it's and the same as you you can be negative. Or we can all have negative times. Like I said, life is not unicorns and rainbows all the time. Sometimes yeah. it's nitty gritty, dirty. And we don't have to be, you know, all loving kindness all the time because we also have darkness as well. And it's okay to feel really crappy about what somebody did to us. We don't need to stay in it. No. Right. And we eventually need to go high, but it's okay to go low first right get it out of your physical body get vented out get rid of it and then elevate yourself back up right mm -hmm. um but if you don't trust that kind of stuff then you'll just bring more lacking i know when i had the flower shop for the first solid year i was just a vibrating person full of fear because i was afraid this was a brand new business i had never opened like i had never started a business i didn't have a clue what i was doing i was green as grass i was a great floral designer but I didn't know how to run a business. So I was flying by the seat of my pants. And I had a wonderful friend. Um, she said to me one day, she said, Linda, what's your greatest fear? She said, and she was dying at the time. She was terminally ill. And she said, because I've met mine. She said, have you met your greatest fear? I said, I think I know what it is. She goes, what is it? I said, I'm afraid that I'll fail. She goes, eh, dig a little deeper. And it was like a light bulb went off. And I looked at her and I said, I'm afraid I'll succeed. She said, yes, it comes with great responsibility. <laughs> I never worried a day after that, right? I would stand in the flower shop in the morning sometimes and pray, right? Because business is always dicey. So I would stand in the center of the flower shop with my arms up and I would say to the creator, if I am meant to be here, if this is the work I am meant to be doing today, I need, and I would be very clear, I need at least $2,000 yes. by the end of the day to pay my rent 
or better. I always would tag on or, or better. better. And right? thank you very much. And thank you. And it yeah. never, ever failed that with it. And I mean, I would be dead at that point. There might not be any money in the bank to pay the rent that day. And it would never fail. Uh, I would get a bunch of orders on the phone that would put money in the bank. Corporate accounts would pay their bills. A bride mm -hmm. would come in and pay for a wedding, whatever it happened. The money was always there. So I never worried about it after that. I exactly. knew that it would go wherever it was meant to go. Right. And that the success, everybody always asked me if my flower shop was successful. I said it was a huge success. Didn't make a lot of money. Right. We had years where we made a lot of money and years where we didn't. But was it yeah. successful? It was a huge success because of the path that it put me on, because yeah. that was when my spiritual path really started, because I had a metaphysical flower shop, probably the only one in the area that like people eyebrows went up. Right. Because when I first took over the shop, I tried to be a typical florist. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I ordered home, a... home decor stuff and all of that. All of it tanked. Right. I had all this beautiful home decor. Couldn't sell it. Couldn't give it away. So my youngest daughter said to me, she goes, so what are you going to do now? I said, I'm going to build the dream because I had had a vision. I had seen the shop in a dream. So I said, I'm going to build the dream. She said, are you worried about what people think? I said, I don't care. So the vision I had was this beautiful, etherical flower shop that had a big pond in it and a waterfall and that there were fairies and angels and books and decks and herbs and gems and crystals. So I built the dream and it was a huge success. It eventually took over the flowers, right? So what what Trust age it. can i ask you how, how old, old i was 43 <laughs> <laughs> crazy that's why, that's why i was laughing when you said at 43 and i'm like well i told you my life changed dramatically at 43 yeah. and i never gave it and i had different people because my shop was in a very small town so, you know, there were a lot of raised eyebrows about this witch in the flower shop and the stuff she was doing. And I had different business people come in and say, like, I had one guy stand in my shop one day and he goes, do you really think this junk's going to sell? And he's doing this eh, with his hands. And I said, I don't care if it does or not. I'll do me. You go do you. Yeah. Right. And I never explained myself to people after that or what I was doing. And I would even have customers say to me, I've been in your shop you know, dozens of times and never noticed this stuff before. Why didn't I notice? And I said, because you weren't ready yet. Not ready. But That's when you right. were ready, you saw it, right? So yeah, you have to, and you trust that. So I've trusted that ever since. That was the beginning of really trusting my own intuition and then building and learning on that, right? And not, and always being open to change. I'm always open to changing my mind. But that's the one constant. That's the yes. one thing that we can depend on is that it's yes. everything is always going to change. Oh, absolutely. To not change means we get stuck, mm -hmm. right? Because change can't occur out inside of our comfort zone. In order to have real change in our life, we have to step outside of our comfort zone, right? So if you look at firing an arrow at a target... If you turn the arrow, even just a couple of millimeters, the arrow is going to go in a totally different direction. Yeah. It's the same in our lives, but that won't happen if we don't change that direction or step outside of our comfort. And I think um, I tell people all the time, it's like a choose your own adventure story, right? We've got yeah. all these potential outcomes yeah. and you, you just need to lean in and jump. Like yeah, just take a, I always say, take a flying leap of faith. You'll never hit the ground because... Yeah. Right. Even like on per in personal things, take a leap of faith. We won't let you fall. 
The people yeah. that love you and care for you will never let you hit the ground, right? Um, right? You might fall and scrape your knees, but it'll never be that earth shattering. Don't stay trapped in the fear. And it's it's trusting that your divine team always has your back and they will oh, yeah. lead you if you lean in. And when they see that you're paying attention, they give you they give yeah. you more. So yeah. you just keep I, trusting. Yeah, you have to. Maya Angelou, I can't remember the name of the poem, but Maya Angelou wrote the most beautiful poem. And that's exactly what it's about. It's about walking a path and taking your suitcases. And that if that path doesn't work out, that without shame or embarrassment, you yeah. pick up your luggage and you go a different way. And you may do that over and over and over again, because that's what life is. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the honest truth. That's where all the adventure is. And pick your attitude. Every day is a brand new day. Pick yeah. your attitude. Who do I want to be today? Who am I presenting to the world? Because yeah. I can. How be are you going to show up? How am I showing up? Right? Because mm -hmm. I can go to another city and pretend to be a neurosurgeon if I want to. So I just want to add to that, though, it is making sure when you are showing up that your your thoughts, words, deeds and actions, you are showing up authentically. That's right. Because yep. those of us who are energetically sensitive will be aware, like will feel if you oh, are yeah. not showing yes. up authentically. And That's right. You are fooling yourself if you think that the first thing that shows up is your physical body, because yep. it's not. Yep. Your energy shows up first, your yep. thoughts show up first, That's and then right. body comes in. Your next, body so. comes in last, and even the way that you carry your body, it's how that shows up too. And you don't have, if you're having a bad day, it's okay to have a bad day. Because yes. like I said, it's not all rainbows yeah. and unicorns. And it's okay to feel negative when somebody's done something. Because we're human too, right? As much as I shield yeah. up, you know, like when I know I'm going to be in a space where there's a lot of negativity flying around, my shields are up. But I can, yeah. And I can still interact with those people. But I'm also human. So there's times I can get caught up in it. Yeah. Which is okay too. We don't need to beat ourselves up for that. We need to go, you know what? I caught it quicker that time, right? And then shake it off. Shake this it off and go, it. okay, yep, I got sucked into that gossip session and I shouldn't have done that, but I caught myself a lot quicker and I walked away because it's all still, we're works in progress, right? And we're human. Right. Um, I encourage people to to pay attention, like from the time that you have that experience that that yeah. triggers you, or you're you're sitting in the, that that hurt or wound or yep. whatever what, what's was going, going on around you. Yeah, and you put those tools into place. As long yep. as you see that time period getting shorter each time, then you're doing great. You're doing great, yeah. Because when we're interacting with other people too, like I always try to look at a whole person, and I don't need to know that person's story, so. You know, yeah. it could be that I work with someone uh, who's not very nice and very negative. I could spin that all whatever way I wanted. Or I could say, you know, I really like this and this about this person, but I also understand they're going through some difficulties. And it's not my business to know what those things are. I need to have yeah. compassion for it. That's I don't have to hang out. I don't have to hang out with them. Right. But I can still be compassionate and kind because we don't know what battles anybody else is fighting. It's not our business. And we don't need to know. No, to be kind. it's we don't need to know what it is in order to be kind. We still need to respond with kindness. And we can do that authentically. Yeah. Right. Because when we are authentic, I had some stuff happen this morning and a big thank you to. Uh, to Michelle McMahon because she was there for me at lunch. And I mean, I was mad, right? So I was just spewing stuff and here's Michelle. She sits and she listens. And at the end of it, I said, I'm so sorry. Like I've taken up your, 
you know, you've come and met me for lunch and I've taken up your whole lunch hour with my stuff. And she, not a problem, Linda, it's okay. And mm. that's because we're being authentic. It's okay that some days aren't perfect and it's okay to spew about it. And it's okay to be mad yeah. too, but we don't to need the to right person long term. Yeah. To our people. And like you said, the, when it gets shorter and shorter that you spend time in that space, yeah. you're healing, right? I say it's like standing in the fire. Because when we're doing real hard healing work, we're standing in a bonfire and it bloody well hurts, right? Really, really bad. And most people will jump back out and go, oh, that's, that's, I healed that. I feel better now. We have to stand in it until we feel it because we have to own our piece of it, right? If it's stuff that's happened in our adult lives, not as children, we're victims of our parents until we're of age that we can take care of ourselves. So things that's that right. happen to us as children are never on us it's on the adults who did those things right but as adults when we're doing our own healing work we have to look at what part we played in the drama mm -hmm. what part did i play in that i used it's to do it all the time I, right? yeah anything that keeps me awake at night i have to there's something i have to own and i know that right like if i've gone to work i still remember working in a in this same factory that i talked about earlier and there was all this drama going on right because they wanted me within the first couple of weeks that i worked there to be an online trainer well there was a couple other ladies that worked there that were really angry that i got that job which i was very well qualified for by the way but that but they were being really nasty and stuff at work and it was keeping me awake at night and then it clicked and I said, okay, I have to own my piece in the drama, which is that I allowed them to carry this on for such a long time, like, like playing this game, the game right. stops, right? The minute you own your piece of the behavior, you can go back to sleep, right? That's true. Yeah. So uh, I just was hesitating, Lori, before I put this up. So um, you do have uh plans and it's in the work uh for your own podcast as well yes. too yes it's um, still ruminating it is ruminating it's ruminating I, I like to ruminate a lot <laughs> yes so that's okay but that's what your winter season right we talked about that. that's right so in yeah. this winter season that's what we do is that's we right make, we it's, make plans and go with it well, and you learn it's about the beauty of this the winter season which is the season of the crone too right yeah. is it's about gathering wisdom it's about learning winter is the best time for anyone to take classes take workshops explore things because you know, the weather, be creative because the weather keeps us inside more, especially if you're like me and I hate the cold. Um, but that's a good time to gather all of that kind of knowledge, right? So we'll launch it in the spring because it's, I need my husband's help with it because of my lack of technical skill. So my husband will produce it because he's my tech wizard. So hopefully with all things being said, we'll launch it in the spring. And I want to do the same thing as what we're doing right now. Right. Having I conversations have, with people. I want to have conversations with people that interest me and everybody interests me. Right. right. So I already have a big long list of guests and who I want to talk to. And that's all I want is that we have conversation and it has to be filled with laughter because if it's not fun, there's no point in doing it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank oh, you. For I'm being so like glad you asked friend. me. I'm very yeah. honored, very honored and humbled that you consider me a colleague and yeah. I'm your biggest fan and you're my biggest fan. Yeah. And that's why we're tribe, right? That's right. So exactly. much though. I just so adore much. you in every yeah. way. And me, you, you know, so, that. you know how much I love you. 
Thank you, everybody that uh, participated with the uh, conversation, that joined yes. in with the show, Thank asked questions, much. and shared your thoughts and your and your comments. Um, yeah. I appreciate that all of you, you know, help make the show what it what it is. Yeah, um, I appreciate appreciate all of you, and thank you um, so much to the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, one hundred five point three and one hundred seven point seven, New Orleans. Next week on the show, um, I have Eric Mintel. He um, yeah, has Eric Mintel investigates and he's going to be coming on talking about all kinds of different investigations. Um, ghosts, paranormal, UFOs, UAPs. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Sasquatch, which is my dive. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so yeah. much, everybody. So we will see you here next week. And thank you so much again, Linda. Oh, thank you. And thank everyone that joined in. Yeah. Good night, Wonderful. everyone. Good night.